you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 437, a.k.a. Year 9, Week 13, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your regularly scheduled Saturday broadcast, we are on the Clubhouse starting a little bit late today. No worries there. Uh, But we're on Clubhouse at, uh, the club name is the Anarchist Experience or you can at me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, and I will click the little button when we go live, uh, usually around 3 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Saturday afternoons. So if you're around at that time and want to participate, join the discussion, have fun, all that other goofy stuff that people do on these dumb things, uh, that's when we're here. Uh, what is going on with you this week, MC? Um, I saw something really weird on the news. Um Maybe it wasn't the news. Anyway, it's a YouTube video. Okay. But it was of the Maui mayor. Ah. And and he was really upset. In fact, he was crying. Okay. So there's a lot going on over there. We I mean we yeah. touched on it briefly last week and things so have gotten a little screwy since then. Lahaina's completely burnt down. Um Hiko, the electric company in Hawaii. Yep. Uh, Why their electric? stock is Stock has crashed because, you know, people are suing them for negligence, not keeping their power lines uh, safe in the yep. in event of high winds, um, and didn't shut off the power when the, the, fan, the lines started falling down and trees started falling on them. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah, lots of drama going on. Uh, lots of drama, like from a whole bunch of different angles. Right. There's there's probably hundreds of people uh, unaccounted for that are are uh, that were burnt. Um, the last the last death count I saw in in one headline I didn't read the article but the last death count I saw was 480. Wow, really? That's what I saw. The la- I I stopped keeping track after a hundred, what like one hundred two or something like okay. that. Okay, so, so I, I I again I didn't read the article. I just saw like, you know, death count, you know, Maui death count up to 480 morgue runs out of body bags. Families are forced to like scrape up the ashes of their loved ones, Uh yada, yada, yada. So it is bad, bad, bad. Like the worst than the worst bad you can imagine in the history of the country. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so the, the mayor of Maui, I, I, don't know. Actually, I'm not 100% sure he's the mayor, but uh, one of the higher-ups in Maui. I, I just assume he's the mayor because he's not the governor, right? The governor is of Hawaii? Yeah, the governor is the whole state, and then right. each island has their own mayor. Yeah, so it had to be the mayor. Okay. Um, so he was really upset, and he the reason he was upset is because there was this uh, group of developers that got together. And they had this this meeting, and the, the entire meeting uh, 
they were talking about is how they were going to rebuild and they weren't going to let the government get in the way. They were going to go around all of the regulations, red tape, and just build anyway. Okay. And that made the mayor really upset. Okay. How do the, okay, so how do the people feel about this? Because a lot of the articles that I've seen, um, or maybe not even articles, just I still have a lot of friends, uh, quote-unquote friends, associates, whatever, like in Hawaii that still post to social media, uh, Facebook, right? And a lot, of, a lot of what I see from those postings is anger at these developers. Like, how dare they try to come in and scoop the land out from these grieving... Well, it- it depends how you, how you look at it. Um, well, yeah, tell me. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. So, uh, there's people that own land there, and it's still theirs, and it should still be theirs. The government shouldn't be able to take it away from them just because it burnt down. Right. Um, and they should also be able to hire a developer to rebuild their house without the government getting in the way of them rebuilding their house because they need a freaking place to live. And, you know, it'd be nice for them to be able to get back there sooner than later. I mean, that's, that's their home. Yes. They want to live there. Well, so but if they if they sell to the developers, right? Like this is this was the what what these people were concerned about was a land grab, right? Now that well, the, sure. now that there's no home values, right? The developers can grab the land up cheap, own it, and all these people who once owned their land and their property would now be renting to the from these big corporations and developers and whatnot uh, in order to still live there. Yeah, so there's there's two separate issues, but the main one is there's nothing there at the moment, and they need they need homes, and the the government will be in the way because that's what they do. Like they the it's so hard. Actually, Maui is probably the worst place uh, to to build in in the country because there there restrictions. There, there's like ten levels of restrictions to build a house. Okay. There's I'm not familiar with any of that. You're saying it's worse, it's worse to build a house on Maui than any of the other outer islands and anywhere in the country? Any, anywhere in the U.S., probably. Okay. There, because there's 10 organizations that you have to get approval from ah. to, to do anything. I mean, even, even to you know, make an addition onto your house, you have to get approved by multiple levels of government. Okay. Um, and so most people just do it anyway, and they deal with the paperwork later. Um, yeah. Ask for forgiveness later, and and uh, that can backfire. And, and, and sure, yeah. sure can. Yeah. They make no, you tear no, it down. no. You must tear it down, put it back the way it was, then get our paperwork, and then we shall approve it. That you can put it back, and you end up paying three times. Yeah. And so then people bring the malasadas and say, no, just just approve the paperwork, and then <laughs> and then and then people go to jail because they're 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 corrupt. It's like, well, corrupt, yeah, but they, they people still need. <laughs> okay. People still need their homes, you know? So, de- so these developers are saying, you know, fuck that. We're going to build anyway. And, yeah. And, you know. and they, they probably should, like, if the, if the government was smart, they'd say, yeah, we're, we're hearing you. We're going to fast track all of your approvals. I mean, the, you, you know, they, they already know who the developers are on Maui. The people okay. that are capable of building a house and building it right, they already know who they are. They already know how to build houses. They know how to do it to code and, and, and you know, not mess things up. Unlike the government, yeah, and Hiko apparently, that is likely true. But I, I mean, would there not be a concern that with that many houses to rebuild, 
and that much money to make that they, you know, some of the, some of the developers may use this opportunity to take shortcuts uh, in order to get more homes up quicker? Um, it, it's possible. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like that there isn't that many developers there and they would probably just build houses like they always do. Okay. So, um, yeah. And hopefully they, they rebuild Lahaina with like underground electric cables. Oh yeah. Okay. See now this would be a prime opportunity for improvements of that sort, right? Sure. Like you, you there's nothing, you know, you, there's nothing, there's no considerations for existing, you know, structures or infrastructure. Right. It's just like, if we, mm-hmm. if we had a blank canvas, you know, can we make this the, the city of the future? And then mm-hmm. you get you get the you know this unfortunate perfect opportunity to do something like that, yeah. Like uh, you know they they always talk about like the the big dig in Boston, right? The big dig and you know some of the repercussions of that because the corporations were of course in bed with the government during that one, but they just said like you know fuck it this is going to be a twenty to thirty year program or however long it was, right? And we're just going to do it. You know, so screw you guys. You guys everything's going to suck. For like twenty years, but after in the end, it'll be so much better. And then everything went underground, right? So, hmm. I mean, there was so anyway. obvious complications, but similar idea with this, except you know everything's already sucking, so it's not really an inconvenience to move some of that stuff underground, or to like I said, to to do the improvements. Yeah. So anyway, I I just thought it was really weird seeing the mayor cry because people obviously want to get around their red tape. Yeah. Well, because if they let it, if they let it happen in the case of an emergency, right, people might realize that they don't actually need it. And after <laughs> the emergency, the there's key. not going to be the desire to go back to it because it turned out just fine without them. Yeah. All right. There, there's your concern right there. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a loss of power, you know, for the foreseeable future. Right. Like yeah. they, they rebuild line and someone wants to put an ad on or something, you know, later and they go like, well, Look, we didn't get your, we didn't bypass your red tape the last time, right? Everything worked out just fine. Why do, why all of a sudden do I need to get a, you know, get an approval just because I wasn't in Lahaina at the time? Yeah. Um, and there's other issues too where uh, the government's trying to block stuff from coming into Lahaina. Yep. Uh, there, there's still people there. There's still people trying to uh, rebuild and, uh, you know, sift through the ashes and whatever. There's there's still people trying to survive, and there's goods, plenty of goods coming from neighboring islands and really around the world, uh, trying to get into Lahaina, and the government says nope, it cannot come in, and uh, so there are people that have uh, used their boats and just docked at the beach and started bringing stuff in. I mean, even even stuff as simple as like. Uh, you know, pineapples and sandwiches and yep. uh, w- water and just, you know, basic things people need to, to live. Um, you know, just, just going right to the, to the beach because they, they won't let them go to the dock and, and they won't let them drive it through the obvious place, you know, the roads. Yep. Um, so it's, it's so bad that even the people that are authorized to go, had to break through some of the barriers just to get to where they're supposed to be. 
Yeah. So um, it's it's yeah, it's a really bad situation. Um, so I've I've got a quick headline for you. We don't we you know we can get into it if you want to, but you know and you can continue if you want to. But here's the headline: Thanks to government, Maui's Lahaina fire became a deadly cl- conflagration. Right, and this was this was the government meddling and interference leading up to the fire, right? And then not learning their lesson from from your, what you're talking about now, the government is getting in the way of the cleanup <laughs> and the recovery process yeah. as well. So they're just they're just fucking it up at every every yeah. step they can. No, I th- I think they're incapable of seeing themselves as as making errors. So it's like one of those things where there's, oh, so there's not nothing. letting them get the bottle of water. That's like that's that's on purpose. Then, um, well, it is on purpose, but the, I think it's because they view themselves as the people that should be doing something, and the only thing they can do, the only thing they have power of doing, is getting in the way. Yeah, and so that's what they do. They 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 they're not creative enough. They're not smart enough. They're not caring enough to disobey the orders from the top and and from the perspective of the people at the top is well there's a whole bunch of shit happening make it stop like they they don't have any better idea yeah well but the make it stop is the recovery right but they no no make make it stop is there's a whole bunch of stuff moving around a whole bunch of moving parts a whole bunch of people doing things they should be doing and and they they don't understand it and so they just wanted everything to stop yeah that's what i'm saying but all, yeah. all those moving parts is people trying to move on, right? right? Trying to get back to, you know, get back to some form of normalcy, start to clean up, start to, you know, move off the burnt, shattered ashes and prepare to rebuild, right? It's, it's not going to stay a ghost town forever. It's too, uh, how do I want to say it? It's too important of a city, right? To just be left in its current form and everyone relocate elsewhere. That's, that's obviously not going to happen, you know? But so the make it stop is like, no, 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 you guys are trying to move on too quickly. You know, yep. we need to red tape this some bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, it's, it's, I think there's, uh, I, I, I've mentioned this before. It's, it's like an animal instinct. If, if you watch, uh, like a group of dogs and there's little ones, you know, running around real fast and there's, you know, there's the, the, the middle-aged ones that are just like, okay, whatever. And then yep. there's then the old one that is like, trying to make the little ones stop yeah like you're just you're just running around and i don't like it it's the get off my lawn people stop stop moving around so much and and having too much fun and uh you know living your life (laughs) jealous because they can no longer do it and i'm not sure if i don't think it's jealousy i think it's just a control thing okay it's like there there's certain people that just want everything around them to be stable and if it's not it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative or, you know, just for fun or just to rebuild or whatever it is. They just want things to not move because that's what's comfortable to them. Okay. I so, mean, fair, right? Like, I got my life set up just the way I want it. You know, stop ruining what's around me. Yeah. Why did Walmart move the bread? Bread should be over there. And if, if the government does succeed in making everything just stop moving, stop you know, moving forward, stop, stop moving on. Um, then the only, the only good thing about that is that there's only one thing to blame and that's the government. And so everybody can go, Oh, Oh, well it's the government's fault. 
Now, are they going to do anything about it? Well, the developers want to do something about it. So hopefully they, they're successful in, you know, suing the government so that they can, you know, yeah. have their life, which is like, they're, they're there to, to build buildings. I don't, you know, whoever it's for, uh, that's a separate argument. Okay. Um, but I'm sure there's insurance companies there that, you know, insured some of those houses and they need to be rebuilt and they're going to hire somebody to do it. And it's probably going to be one of the developers on, on Maui that, that are, uh, proficient at building houses. Yep. And if you're a house builder, this would be like prime opportunity to move into the state. If you're able to get your equipment out there, right? Your equipment I, crew. I don't know. I, I mean, there, that's a lot of houses, man. They're definitely going to swoop in. Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to discount that, but, um, that's how markets work and that's how houses get built. Right. <laughs> you know, there's all right. Let, maybe, maybe I'm not communicating properly and let me try again. I'm not saying that I'm supporting the developers who are moving in to take the land or to buy up the land. Oh, sure. I'm saying there's going to be, there's going to be a supply shortage of actual bodies who are skilled at building homes to build this thing back with any speed and efficiency. And, yeah, if, and, and if you're a home builder, like in California, then, oh, right, sure, sure. And you go like, well, you know, I, whoever pays us, pays us, right? But if an, if, if an abundance of those people also move to the islands, right, temporarily or whatever, to assist in the rebuild process, um, that would also stave off the inflated prices that might be charged for the rebuild process, right? Mm-hmm. Because economically, there's gonna there's there's a deficient deficient supply of physical home builders and over demand for the product right now or for the service right now, and so to to bring that back into equilibrium, uh, you raise the supply of actual home builders, whomever is paying them, right? Again, separate issue, uh, but the actual people capable will get more homes built faster than having three crews work for twenty years. Yeah, yeah, and. And who knows, um, maybe the government will limit it to the developers that are their friends, the ones that are paying them off, whatever. And so it also might Also take- interfering with the rebuild process. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, and so be- because of the red tape and everything, it might, you know, the, the developers from California or wherever else might not even want to get involved. Maybe. But if they're, if they're going to be breaking the rules... Right, like I, you know, again, this the, the red tape, the red tape is going to be on the homeowners, right? And so the only red tape that would prevent the developers would be some sort of licensing issue, getting your like contractor's license in Maui or whatever, right? Like I don't know what I don't know what that looks like, um, but you know, but if it's you know if if your if your crew has to take a test. Right, and go like, yep, we we know all the we know all the the ins and outs of carpentry and electrics and whatever, right? And then we're just going to transfer that to Maui. Um, then that that could you know that could also be bypassed. So, for instance, like here in New Hampshire, I think they recently got this passed. Um, there is now reciprocity in occupational licensing. So if you if you needed an uh, an, uh, uh, an occupational license to do your job. In another state, New Hampshire now recognizes that license by default, whatever it is, 
right? Whether you need a license here or not, right? If you don't need a license here, it doesn't matter. But if you, if it was something you needed to get licensed here, right? And you already had it there, you need not get it again here, or you need not go through the process of getting it again here. He just likes, here's my license from Nebraska. And then boom, now you're licensed in New Hampshire, right? Nice. So if, you know, if Hawaii offered, which they won't, right? But if they offered some sort of reciprocity for construction, right? Carpentry, electrics, whatever. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I those people if, could just go do it. If the government gets sued enough, uh, and, and there's enough sympathy for, you know, people that need homes, um, then, then I think things can, could move forward. Yeah. Well, you think um, there'd be enough sympathy. Like, again, this is yeah. the, the worst natural disaster, basically, in, you know, the history of the country as far as death toll, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's astonishing how bad it got, how quickly it got bad, right? I, there's, I lack the vocabulary to describe it, you know, the way, well, the it's, way it's, I've a, seen it. it's a, it's a disaster, total disaster. So yes, uh, but like, but worse, you know, like the tsunami comes in, it's like, Oh man, the tsunami wiped out like, you know, the, the front row of houses in the Philippines, right? I'm like, Oh, you know, sucks well the one that hit thailand killed like sixty thousand people so okay well you bad know. example then but you know <laughs> yeah. no disasters happen yeah. um it's it's unfortunate you know that it hit so close to to home here yeah um but what's worse to me is that the government's getting in the way of of people that need help so yep there was there was another guy that said you know see people you know lost everything and they need simple things for example like a cell phone Yep. Why aren't the cell phone companies reaching out to the people that they, they know their address. They, they know it's burnt down. <laughs> like call them, see if their phone's active, see if it's been turned on four or five days yeah. and then go down to the shelter and say, Hey, Mr. So-and-so, do you need a phone? You know? <laughs> Here's your phone with your new SIM card. You know, yeah. that would be a huge help. Um, you know, are, are people thinking like that? You know, it'd be nice to say, yes, I hope so. Um, but or okay, so here's another thought. Then, if you were like Boost or uh, Cricket or what's the what's the uh, Mint Mobile, right? If you like Ryan Reynolds' company, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of that, if you just rolled up with new cell phones and SIM cards, right? Yeah. As the the goodwill that you would get as a company for offering those things, right? Switch yeah. providers now. We've got them, and they're, you know the charitable contribution type of thing. They can write off the loss. For, mm-hmm. for corporate taxes i don't know you know again i don't know how many people there are there that would need them but uh, uh, i'm sure it wouldn't bankrupt the company and i'm sure they couldn't hand one out to everybody but it, you know yeah something yeah. like I'm, that well yeah i'm, I'm sure yeah <laughs> one, one of the things people usually keep with them is their cell phones if they jumped in the ocean there's a good chance their cell phone broke yeah right that's what I'm saying. But I mean, T-Mobile is like 10 bucks a month, right? For the service and sure. you can get a $20 phone, right? So yeah. even, you know, if they give out, you know, if they give out a phone and three months of service, that's 50, that's $50, you know, of, that's $50 of, of revenue. That's not even cost, right? It costs much less, but that's like $50 of revenue that they're for, foregoing for however many people they decide to hand it out to, you know, to hand it out to a uh, thousand people. Right, so they're they're only in the hole fifty thousand dollars, right? And how long is would it take a company that size to recoup it? I would, I would surmise not long at all for the goodwill that they would get doing something like that. Yeah. All right. 
So I had one more issue to talk about. Okay. Before, is, before you do oh, that, ahead. let's just do this article because you got the back end of the problem and then we'll do the, you know, the front end of the problem. So people get the full picture of how the government fucked it up top to bottom. Um, you know, if there's not much to comment on the front end, then we can jump over, but I want to at least segue into this while we're on topic. Uh, thanks to government, Maui's Lahaina fire became a deadly conflagration. Uh, the most, this is from the 16th, by the way. So it's still a few days old and doesn't have the most recent death toll that I saw. Uh, just, I think this morning or last night or whenever I was reading the news, uh, the most, just the most destructive natural disasters are never 100% natural. Human choice, land use, and government policies play a big role in how harmful hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, flash floods, and wildfires are to the affected communities. After the, and after catastrophes like the wildfires that destroyed much of the historic Hawaiian city of Lahaina last week, it is worth taking stock of how much of the disaster was the result, not of natural or accidental factors, but of policies and institutions that can be changed. Though details are still emerging, it's become clear that government failure did much to make this disaster worse and possibly even started it. While the so-called experts are blaming climate change and in the process demanding that governments grab even more power and authority ostensibly to someday give us better weather, the destructiveness of the fire was the product of an all-powerful and all-incompetent regime. The specific origins of the fire are still being investigated, but there is much we already know. The city of Lahaina sits on the west coast of Maui, Hawaii's second largest island. Uh, it is surrounded by grassland, much of which is state owns. Nearly a decade ago, the Hawaiian Wildlife Management Organization, a research nonprofit, warned the Hawaiian government that the area around Lahaina was extremely fire prone due to frequent downslope winds, steep terrain, and dry grass. Little was done to address these risks. A subsequent report in 2020 added that an invasive species of exceptionally flammable grass was prevalent in the surrounding fields and that passing hurricanes can create strong winds known to fuel wildfires on the islands. Early last week, Hurricane Dora crossed the ocean south of Hawaii. By early Tuesday morning, August 8th, winds as fast as 60 miles per hour were blown down the slopes of the West Maui Mountains into Lahaina. Around sunrise, a large fault was detected in the power grid, indicating a down power line. 20 minutes later, the, fire rep uh, the first reports of fire came in from the area around Lahaina Luna Road, uphill and upwind from the city. The area where flames were first spotted is full of electrical infrastructure, most, mostly operated by Hawaiian Electric, the state's monopoly electricity supplier. This included a substation and a multitude of power lines. Most of the land in the area is owned by the state of Hawaii, except for a parcel belonging to the estate of one of Hawaii's last princesses. This parcel housed a solar farm supplying electricity to Hawaiian Electric substation. Early last year, NPR published a glowing article about how the solar part about the solar project, praising its direct result of government regulations crafted to help Hawaii transition to 100% renewable power by 2045. But on the morning of August 8th, as winds hammered the old wooden utility poles, this highly electrified area in the dry grasses above Lahaina was quickly becoming dangerous. Yet no formal procedure was in place to shut off sections of the grid in the face of severe fire risks. As a result, 29 fully energized poles fell across West Maui that day. 
But even with down poles in the way, the first firefighters on the scene met with some early success. Around 9 a.m., the county fire department had declared the fire 100% contained. But the message to residents included an ominous request. The county's water pumps were powered by electricity, much of which was frantically being turned off to deactivate the down lines. Officials asked the public to conserve water to preserve water pressure. But by mid-afternoon, a flare-up brought the fire back to life on Lahaina Bypass, a major road that heads straight into town. The flames moved swiftly into Lahaina at 4.46 p.m., one minute after the county government finally set out an alert to warn the city's population, largely without power, about the flare-up that had occurred over an hour before. To make matters worse, county officials failed to activate emergency sirens, leaving residents unaware of the danger bearing down on them. And as firefighters heroically rushed towards the flames to try and save their community, they found that there was little to no water pressure in the fire hydrants, which quickly ran dry. With a single backed-up highway leading out of the city, many residents in Lahaina had nowhere to go. Some scrambled into the ocean to escape the smoke and flames, but in the end, many couldn't get out. At least 99 people have been confirmed dead as of this writing, making this the deadliest uh, American wildfire in over a century. In addition, uh, 2,207 buildings were destroyed, with property damages expected to reach $5.5 billion. To review, a power company shielded from competition by the state placed electrical infrastructure among highly flammable state-owned grass fields above the historic city of Lahaina, which the government was twice warned was susceptible to fire. And once the fire broke out, a combination of defective water infrastructure, terrible communication by government officials, and only one escape route doomed the people of Lahaina to the worst wildfire experienced in this country in over 100 years. This was a government failure through and through. In Human Action, Ludwig von Mises explains that on the market, the ultimate source of profit is foresight, the ability to anticipate future conditions. An economic loss occurs when market actors fail to anticipate the future. This possibility of riches if one succeeds and the guarantee of painful failures if one doesn't forces producers and service providers on the market to constantly weigh risks and opportunities. Government immunizes itself from the profit and loss system and therefore from the much needed, uh, from much of the need to weigh risks. Sure, some county officials may resign because of this and the share price of Hawaiian Electric may dip, but the people of Maui will be forced to keep compensating the very organizations that have failed them and there's nothing natural about that disaster. End of that article. All right. I got it out. Uh, you can talk about it if you want, or we can just move on to your second topic if you if you wish. That was very uh, concise and probably accurate, and uh, yeah, pretty, uh, good article. Article, thanks. All right. So, what else did you want to talk about? Um, the word and cap. Oh, Anarcho- son of a bitch. Anarcho capitalist. So I watched a video about uh, the word and its history and stuff, and I generally agree with it. And so for me, the word capitalism, um, it can be viewed uh, multiple ways, of course. Uh, So, so can the word anarchism. (laughs) So it's, it's good to have a good definition. Um, And maybe the word shouldn't be used by us anymore. 
Well, uh, which one? But, or the or um, anarchism, well, the, capitalism, or anarcho-capitalism? Anarcho-capitalism. Okay. And, and capitalism. So I think everybody who uh, celebrates the word capitalism probably shouldn't. Okay. Um, so you watched this video. You sent me the video. I did not watch it. Um, I've, I've, I've heard and I've seen arguments against uh, anarcho-capitalists being true anarchists by true anarchists. So sure. in the video or, you know, to the best of your knowledge... What is the definition of capitalism that we are seeking to reject, or at least the, the proprietor of this video is seeking to reject? So, well, yeah, there, there's lots of things in the video, but um, the, the word capitalism is actually a, a slur, and it's an anti-Semitic slur. So Marx originally believed that uh, it was the, the Jews that are money hungry. Uh, they, they basically, he, he was saying the Jews are the people that worship money and that that's all they want is more money. Okay. And he, he was calling them the capitalists. So the, the, uh, so the cap capitalist word is, is a slur referring to, uh, money hungry Jews. Okay. Okay. Or money worshiping Jews. So it's the people that, that worshiped money as, as, as a God. And he was, saying that those people are bad. And it really resonates with me when he said that because that's the view that all the people I argue with take. So they're not, not the Jew, Jew part because they're, 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 they're not aware of the anti-Semitic uh, history of the word. Okay. But um, he, he was also Jewish or at least. Okay. Had had Jewish parents, right? Maybe, maybe he wasn't like a Jew his whole life, uh, sure. but that's the way he came out, man. So, uh, <laughs> well, he didn't like his parents very much. A, a little self-hating or how, what's the, it, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he had mommy and daddy problems. Okay. Yeah. Everyone does. <laughs> I, w I was talking to someone about that earlier today. Like I, I am convinced that all human adults need therapy. Uh, and I'm, I am doubly convinced that humans in general as a species are terrible at rearing children because no matter where you fall on like the socioeconomic spectrum, right? Like progeny is always fucked up in some way or has some, you know, issue in some way <laughs> and like nothing fixes it, right? Like money doesn't fix it. Better parenting doesn't fix it. it uh, uh, you know, the, the peaceful movement didn't fix it. Uh, just everyone's, you know, all children are fucked up in some form or fashion. It's usually a mommy or daddy issue, no matter how hard parents try to, to avoid that. Please continue. All right. Mark's well, the self-hating Jew. Maybe, Go on. Maybe people need parenting classes. No, because who's um, going to teach them? <laughs> Other fucking humans that are fucked up and messed up from their childhood. There's uh, no getting away from parents. This. What's that? I think, the, I think the libertarians have the, have the, probably the... the uh, the best outcomes. I they, don't know. They probably have, okay, I, I will grant you that. They will probably have the best outcomes, right? But but at some point, right, this, this also seems to be natural human behavior, right? And that's the anti-parent rebellion that happens around teenagers, right? Sure. So you have the libertarian parents raising like perfect, you know, perfect uh, uh, NAP following individuals who are polite and, and, and well-spoken and whatever, right? And then they hit the teens and they go like, 
fuck you, mom and dad, and you're libertarian, whatever, and then they fall into some other bullshit nonsense. It's it's unavoidable. <laughs> I don't. St- I'm not going to. St- I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road. I'm just just throwing it out All there. Right. But yeah, libertarians probably they have the best chance because they have the best vision of this future. Um, but I'm I'm convinced that it's 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 a not a worthwhile effort to to pursue. So so the view of the communists and the socialists have of capitalists is that they 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 think that uh, from a capitalist point of view is just to get more money, and that's that's one definition that kind of makes sense, especially in the context of you know, people worshiping money. Yep. Um, and if you were to, to talk about a capitalist system, well, that, that doesn't mean that you, that you, you can only have that one goal, but then that doesn't match their definitions. So, um, so it's, it's, it's a word that is used to confuse things. And it was a word originally created as a slur and the left uses it as a slur. Yep. So when when they call you a capitalist, they're calling you somebody who only does things mo- motivated by your well your your motivation to get money, and, that, and that's why you do things. Just because the money's there, and you have to do whatever it is to get the money, even okay. if it's bad. And and sometimes uh, leftists will do that. They'll do whatever it takes to get the money. They'll do things that are even bad, and they and they will let themselves off the hook. They say, well, this is because we live in a capitalist society. I have to do X, Y, or Z. Okay. And so they're saying the money is evil and is making them make bad decisions uh, when they could just you know, not do the bad thing. But anyway, I'm, I, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm kind of going on a confusing rant. <laughs> okay. But, but in, intentionally, because I, I want to get back to uh, the, 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 the main part of, of it, which is, you know, humans have free will and they should be making decisions not based on just what they think the game is. Um, but you know, their, their, I guess, moral, uh, upbringing, you know, people know what's right and wrong. And just because there's this, uh, shiny toy doesn't mean you have to, uh, seek it, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, ironically, one of the, one of the more recent examples of that um, is that that Oliver Anthony cat. Have you have you seen this video? No. Oh man, you were missing out. Uh, the the uh, rich men north of Richmond. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he right f- has foregone uh, all of the niceties of life for whatever reason, mostly depression and alcoholism, but he has foregone all the niceties of life uh, to live in a trailer with a tarp on the roof. Cause he can't afford to like fix the roof or whatever. Right. And then he gets popular and the record execs go like, Hey dude, we'll give you like $8 million to sign with us. He goes, nah, I'm good. I like my trailer. I don't want to play in stadiums. I just want to play it. Like, you know, the, the shop co parking lot for 12 people, right? Like that's, that's his desire. Right, and under under any system, right, he'll likely be okay because he is not wanting for material goods, mm-hmm. and he has forgone the opportunity to acquire more material goods. Um, I'm going to say on principle, right, whatever his principles may be. I don't know that much about him. <laughs> sure, but to turn to turn down eight million dollars, right, when you're living when you're living in a trailer with a, with no roof, right, 
there it's it's got to be more than the money can we yeah. we can at least I mean, agree on that well we do agree on that okay. i mean i i i would have taken the money and and kept living the same way if that's what i wanted to do um well, the, the, it's not like the money. It's not like they're just going to hand them eight million dollars, man. The, that money comes with strings attached. Yeah, you got to right. make a record. You got to make a record. You got to go on tour. You got to perform at these, you know, at these venues. Yeah. Well, he could, he could negotiate the terms. He could. I mean, and he just said no. If, like my negotiations, fuck you. <laughs> if it's he, he he probably could have got the same amount just just making a record. Say okay. here, I'll make you a record, and you know, sell it. And yeah, right. anyway. I mean that's up to yeah totally up to him. Yep. Um, I think it's weird, you know. I'm not saying I would do the same thing. I would I would have taken the money because I am a capitalist. They they yeah, but you, uh, you you don't you obviously don't worship money. That is true. But uh, okay, so here's I'm, I'm going to do my best to stay on point, um, but also offer the counter argument with that. Right, like I generally believe that everyone has a price, right? And my price is very high if you're going to get me to violate principles to do anything, right? Like if you came to me and said, hey, Rich, we need you to like turn on state and become like a witness to the state to turn on, you know, the community of voluntarists that you're associating with, right? You better come with like 12 figures at least, Right. It better, you know, I better be like the next Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, uh, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. Like I need, I want that money. Uh, if you want me to turn on my people, uh, not saying I won't ever do it. Right. But that's the cost is very high and I don't think they're willing to pay little old me. So it's never going to be an issue. Um, I will also say one of the things that I think both the, um, the capitalist people, and the communist people tend to agree on, right, is that in general, humans are greedy. And that greed manifests in multiple, in, you know, in an infinite number of ways for in infinite individuals, right, or however many people there are, right? That it's a, it's a broad definition. Um, but one of the things I think that uh, Mises and Ayn Rand got absolutely right is that people behave in a way that enhances or benefits their own self-interest, right? Like, I, I think that, that that is axiomatic and cannot be avoided, right? So even if we're talking about, like, the $8 million for this, for this guy, um, rejecting it, right, in his case, was in his own best self-interest, right? Like, you know, mental health issues, uh, alcohol issues, like does not want to get into a lifestyle that will be detrimental to those things. Possibly, right? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm surmising, I'm speculating, but that would make sense to me if that's why he didn't take the money, right? Like, so however you, so rational self-interest is not always driven by strictly wealth and financial gains, but everyone, but everyone is greedy to some extent, and the reason I like the capitalist system, um, and, and, you know, when I say it, you know, I'll, I'll caveat with uh, the anarcho-capitalist system or, you know, or however you want to phrase it. The reason I prefer that system um, is because the way the free market works 
is that the only way to maximize your self-interest is by helping others maximize theirs, right? It does, it does not work under communism. It doesn't work under fascism. It doesn't work under socialism. Um, it doesn't work under, you know, national socialism or, or any of those things. But under a free market capitalist system, right, the, uh, the counterbalance to human greed is built into the mechanism, and, sure. and so when, so in my mind, right, pure anarchism, right, pure anarchy and pure unfettered capitalism are one in the same. And whether or not it started as a slur against Jews who just wanted money, right, I don't even care uh, because the, the fundamentals is that those Jews that wanted money, right, were just acting in their own rational self-interest and just happen to be better, right, than the people that were attacking them, like Marx, right, who was, you know, for all a leech and a parasite and, you know, had a really good rich friend that he took advantage of his entire life and did nothing productive ever in the history. He was like a, a charity recipient his entire life, added no value at all, uh, to the economy, to his community, nothing. He was, he was just a consumer, uh, of economic goods. Right. And so even if it was a slur, right, the, the idea is still applicable insofar as yes, people will act, you know, in their own rational self-interest and the best way to, you know, to maximize your own rational self-interest is to be wealthy, for most people, right? Like the, you know, the loving of the money, even according to the Bible or, you know, money, according to the Bible is not even like the root of evil. It's the love of money, but money itself is just a medium of exchange, right? I don't, I don't desire money because I want little green pieces of paper, right? I desire money so that I can get other consumer goods right or you know or anything along those lines that improve my life and my standard of living right and the communists the the anarcho communists you know the socialists like those people suck at that right like they are not good at providing value to others and therefore are lower on that economic totem pole because no one's willing to pay for their bullshit and they have nothing else to offer they're, they, you know, they're, they're generally in, in line with Karl Marx, right, are leeches and parasites to society and they add no economic value. And so I don't really, I don't care what they say and I don't care what they think because they, they have nothing to offer me or anybody else aside from excuses and rationales and reasons on why they can't be better at life. And it goes back to the, you know, like, uh, we're oppressed by nature, <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you got to eat. Well, how are you going to eat? Well, you can go forage, right? You, you can forage. You can hunt. Uh, you know, what, what's the other one? You can gather, right? You can, you can turn to agriculture, right? Or you can go to the supermarket. But if you go to the supermarket, like they're going to ask for money, which means you have to have money, which means you have to add value somewhere else in society 
to collect the money to go to the supermarket to buy the food. Yeah. And if you want to go ahead. I hear I hear all those things and 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 I agree with them. Um the one thing that uh I want to kind of swing around and focus on is what they might be right about a little bit is that the 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 true capitalists, the true people that worship the money are the ones trying to control it and to control the money and control the system yeah. through the government, ah. through, through the banking system. Um, so that's where they, they have a point. Yes. And, and so in, in the video, he suggests to get rid of the word capitalism unless you want to use it as a slur against those type of people in the banks and in the government. That's fine. Uh, because uh, the, what, what you said earlier was you said free market capitalism. Well, just get rid of capitalism. We still have a free market. Sure. And so there's, there's a lot of people on the left that when you say free market, they're not offended. But when you say capitalist, then they say, oh, well, you're crazy. Yeah. So just I, I think it might be appropriate to get rid of the word capitalism, if, if, especially if you want to communicate with the left in any meaningful way. Okay. Um, and say, no, what we really want is a free market without these uh, crooked, evil bank bankers and people that, that, that uh, and that, that's the thing with, with the word capitalism, it is really all about the money and, and uh, people's focus on it. Now, what's sad is a lot of people on the left only focus on that aspect Right. And they say, well, this is, you know, the end all be all for these type of people. And obviously it's not, you know, people, it, money is just a tool. And if you, you know, if you're, if you're seeking money, that doesn't make you uh, an evil person. Um, it just makes you normal because that's, it, it's a tool and you use yeah. tools to get what you want. Um, so, so let me, let me touch it, on that. It, uh, it does get. But let me finish my, okay, my right. thought, though. It, it does get worse when they they want to get rid of money as a thing, and so if if you it, there should be a distinction between money and the love of money, and you know the people that love the money that are are the 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 bankers and the the government control freaks that uh, can't keep their hands off of it. Sure. So I will say. Know your audience, right? And and for me personally, uh, when I am in a room full of normies and muggles, right, I am the libertarian. And when I'm in a room full of libertarians, I am the anarchist. And when I'm in a room full of anarchists, I am the anarcho-capitalist, right? So, like, my label changes. Um, it all means the same thing to me but I will use different labels for different audiences so that they understand it. So when it comes to the word capitalism, right, when you're in a room full of libertarians or, or anarchists or, you know, or anarcho-capitalists, right, um, we have a positive connotation for the word capitalism. And when you start talking about state-funded capitalism, we go, well, that's not real capitalism, that's crony capitalism, and it's something completely different. And we should just call it cronyism because that's what it is, right? And when you're in the room full of anarchists uh, who don't like the term capitalist, well, to them, that's why I hyphenate, right? 
I'm not a pure anarchist because I my preference is for the capitalist free market system. Right. So I don't I don't want their communism. I don't want their socialism. I'm more okay with the mutualists out there. Um but I hyphenate for that very reason. And I hyphenate with some of the general public if they're asking about anarcho capitalism and what it means. And I say, well, people have this connotation of capitalism, right? That it's state interference in the in the economy. Right? That's that's the general that's the general thing. Right? So I hyphenate. Right. I want all the benefits of capitalism. Right? I want the free market enterprises. I want the voluntary interactions. I want the mutual exchanges. Um, I don't want the state. Right. The narco is the no state in my capitalism. Right. Like leave it out of the mix. That's an ingredient you can leave out. I don't even need a substitution. Just leave it out. I want I want free markets, no state. Now So would it, would it be more appropriate to say you're our anarcho free market? Uh I so I came up with the term like 15 years ago, tried to push it on Facebook. It didn't stick. So I moved on, right? I have a page on Facebook too. And I think uh, like a group and a a Facebook page, right? I am an elf, A-L-F, anarcho laissez-fairist. Instead of black and gold, we're black and silver. One step down. It's already there. Term's already there. No one wants to use it because I suck at marketing it. Uh, but it's, it's, it's been available for 15 years. So there you go. You yeah, want a new term? So, I created it 15 years ago. Well, I, I, I do think the, the, the slur of capitalism was successful at dividing and that's what Marx wanted to do was yeah. to divide. So, um, I mean, someone from free talk live came up with the term. They created a flag. I got the tattoo, right? I've got the tattoo of the free marketeer. Right. I've got several tattoos. I've got the uh, the Amagi, right? The oldest known form for the you know for freedom. I've got the voluntarist V, uh, you know, because f- all human actions should be voluntary. I've got the free marketeer logo um, that I you know stole off of Johnson. If you ever listens to this show, like he created it, I stole it, I inked it, I showed it to him. He didn't say anything wrong with it. Um, so that you got the free marketeers. You know, whatever whatever term works for you in your situation, um, and I've got like the cert, the CA, right, or the AC uh, as well for anarcho capitalists. Like to me, they they're they're similar enough to that I fit all of those categories, and I'm okay identifying by either of those. So if if you don't like capitalism, if you don't like voluntarism, if you don't like anarcho capitalism or anarchist, right, take free marketeer, take abolitionist right? It's all good. None of those have stuck, you know, over the years. MC? Oh, sure. Um, And I tried laissez-faire, right? Anarcho-laissez-faire. There you go. Elf. I put the A in there. I dropped it down into a little LF, right? Sketched together a shitty logo because things pop into my head like that. Um, But it's there, right? It's just, it's, it's again, it, all of the other terms, have have thus far lost in the marketplace of ideas right like no but no one the, uses it with enough regularity to make it become a thing more than it is but the the reason not to use capitalism is because it's it's a word meant to divide and it, and it's successful at it so yeah. probably so use something shouldn't, else probably shouldn't use that term at all um 
I gave you like four other terms that have been used throughout the years. Pick one or create a new one. Like, I don't care, right? But all of these other terms have been used and none of them have stuck because they're not used with enough regularity or they, they don't mean enough to those whom we, whom we are communicating with for them to accept it. What did the video suggest we use instead? Uh, free market. Okay, so you're a free marketeer. Find the logo, right? It's, it's on my arm. It's a, it's a skull with the Libris Equilibrius in the skull. It's got the Ouroboros circling it. It says, do not tread on me. Uh, instead of crossbones, it's got cross pistols. All right, boom. It's already there. If you, if you Google it, right, if you Google image search it, there is like one image that I was able to find that I had to configure with my tattoo artist uh, because it was on a flag that used to be sold by Free Talk Live, um, and the flag was slightly curled, right? So you could see the whole logo, but you kind of had to do a little workmanship to flatten it out to get the whole idea, right? But it's already there. You want to be a free, you like free markets, you're a free marketeer, boom, start using that. See how far you get. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's already on my arm, so I already accepted. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Um, you watch the video. I think what, what was it? Tick T I K. Yeah, that guy on uh, on on YouTube. Again, he's not bad. Like I've 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 watched. I you know I just didn't have time to watch it today before we started the show because uh, I took a nap. Uh, but I've you know you've 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 brought other things that he's produced in. And I don't necessarily have a problem with it, uh, but as you know, as mentioned before, right? Even, even the commies, right, will say like, "Well, even your hero Rothbard, you know, doesn't like doesn't think you're anarchists." I go, "Yeah, that's why we hyphenate, right? Because we are, we are not like you. We are not like those bomb throwing communist anarchists, right? We need a different term, and libertarian at the time was insufficient because libertarianism." Right, implies some sort of, of I'm going to say party affiliation, right? There's they're they're minarchists. I don't even like the term minarchist, right? Like mini status is better for me, right? But yeah. th- but that's not going to take off, right? Minarchist is is set in stone for now, until I can get people to start saying mini status. But I'm I'm terrible at getting people to change their vernacular. Um, yeah, he he brings up another issue with, with another word, and that is the word state. And so he, he says the word state is actually just a, a group of people in an organized system. It has nothing to do with, I think it was Murray Rothbard that said, the state is co- coercion. And yep. that's not the actual definition of the state. That's just what he made up. Yeah. So to say... Uh, but Murray Rothbard was better than me, right? Because he wrote it in books. He got people to follow him. His followers use that terminology because it's what he said. Right? Yeah, but he probably shouldn't have. So, so he, so uh, the the tick guy, he he makes the the point that well, if if uh, if we're going to m- make up new definitions for words, then we we shouldn't complain when when the left does it too. And uh, actually, that just makes miscommunications happen and divides people, and it's not helpful at all. So yeah. probably shouldn't use the state equals coercion. We should just say we're anti-coercion. Sure. And then and you get people like uh, Ian Freeman from Free Talk Live 
right? Who doesn't want it? Who doesn't not? Who does not want to identify with the negative, right? He doesn't. He doesn't want to be uh, defined as someone who is against something. He wants to be for something. So they got to flip that and turn it into a positive, right? Like he's so, not anti-war. He is pro-peace, right? On the wall so in the studio, he, it says, you know, government not, thugs, you know, murderers, liars, thieves, all these other things. Instead of saying the government, right? It's the government thugs, the government murderers, the government thieves, right? Yeah. To, to so if he that. doesn't want, if he wants to be anti-state, what is he pro? Pro-freedom, pro-liberty. Okay. All right. There you go. And again, right, you know, it kind of reminds me of like the, the XKCD uh, cartoon, right, when they were talking about cryptocurrencies, like, oh, man, all these, all these Bitcoin forks, right, there, you know, there's like 15 Bitcoin forks and 15 cryptos, like there should be one uh, to rule them all. And so now there are 16 competing cryptos, right? Like, mm-hmm. You didn't solve the problem, you, you enhanced it. So the left, you know, you can use the words as they exist, defined as they are, right? You can create new terms, right? Like voluntarist is a relatively new term. Um, one of the reasons they like that term uh, is because it requires explanation everywhere you go. Like, <laughs> no one knows what it means. <laughs> and so anytime you say like, I'm a voluntarist, right? People are going to go, oh, I've never heard that before. What's that? And then you get the opportunity to explain it and set that definition in their head for them. So if you want to use voluntarist or free marketeer, by all means, it's one more step in any conversation you have with the normie, right? Because now you got to do, now you have to define it for them um, based on whose definition. Well, the only one they're going to learn is yours. And if you create a new term, fine, right? But much like I have tried, uh, good luck getting that into circulation um, without, you know, without a large enough audience to support it. Final thoughts? Uh, no, thanks. All right, that'll do it for us then. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>